Yo, 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 Yep. Hey, welcome back, Fundos. We're annoying still. As per usual. As per usual. How was your week, Jonathan? Hmm. It was good. It's, um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what's out of the, uh, out of the norm. I mean, I went on a fishing trip. I went golfing this week. Been trying to get better at golf. Okay. So that's fun. That's cool. Uh, you know, you could, a little while ago, you asked me what my newest thing is. It's probably that. Golfing. Yeah. It is a oh. difficult sport. There's some parts of me that are more competitive. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that says about a three, an Enneagram three. Okay. Well, a lot. So that's one of the things I can, you know... At 37, I'm competing at. Okay. That's it. Cool. So that's my week. What about you? Same. Yeah, a lot of golf. Tons. <laughs> hitting the range, uh, hitting the links. Hitting the links. That's good. No, um, my week was good. I am not taking... I don't have new hobbies. Okay. Uh, or old hobbies. Actually, that's not true. You know what? I've been mountain biking. See? Yeah, yeah. So For competitive sport? Uh, yeah, competitively, I've been mountain biking. Right. Actually, kind of. And here's okay. how. I compete, I compete against myself. I have an app that keeps track of my miles per hour. Yeah. And I try to beat my own miles per hour on the same trail. That's great. It's like going to the same golf course, beating your old score. Sure. Yeah. Links. Links. <laughs> I don't even know what links are, but I actually, because, so because I'm trying to beat my time, I was trying to use my MPHs. I was trying to use the downhills of this trail to like beat my own miles per hour. Yeah. And I was going way too ha- fast down a hill and I hit a downed branch that was under Oh, leaves, man. And I flew off. Uh, my bicycle and I scraped no. up my leg. Yeah, and then blood was like pouring. Oh my down gosh! Into my shoe. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's not good. Or it's or it's so great. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it felt that's, good. That's I mean, wild. It was gross, but it felt like okay. Yeah, like I I still got it. I can still fly over my handlebars. And, yeah, and not, survive. Not even just figuratively. <laughs> no, literally flew. Yeah. Yep. Scraped wow. up my whole leg, but yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, maybe I'm taking that up. That's cool. Yeah, and Maybe I actually take up. Yeah, I found a converter where you can like put your mountain bike on a stand mm. and make it a stationary bike. So I think during the winter I might do that. Wow. So I might become a year-round cyclist with enormous calves. So you in the snow. Well, yeah, you would bring it indoors, so oh. it would become an, a stationary bicycle inside. Gotcha. I think I missed that part. Yeah, well, just the common sense part of bringing it indoors. <laughs> I missed the indoors part, and I just heard winter. Because yeah. I was thinking about your story you were going to tell, I think last time, but we skipped it, about you meeting Whitney Houston. Yeah, and Bobby Brown, and her daughter, Baby Bobby. Baby Bobby. Baby Bobby. Everybody say, Baby Bobby. Baby Bobby. Bobby. Um, remember that time I mistakenly said, <laughs> when you said it was Celine, <laughs> Celine Dion? Dion. <laughs> they do look very similar yeah, and sound so much style. alike. No, I apologize for that. But you had a story you were going to tell about 
you meeting Whitney Houston yeah. if we can keep that to less than 98 minutes? <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it really fast. Yeah. I was coming back from spring break with my friend Katie and Andrew. We were at the Newark, New Jersey airport. And Andrew, this like one of the little beeping carts almost hit him. And he, in the airport. Yes, at the airport, airport. And he jumped out of the way and came over and he goes, I think I just, no, I, I, I did almost just get run over by Whitney Houston. And I was like, what? Like those, those golf cart looking things? Yes. The, okay. And so I, of course, like any sane person, I threw all of my luggage down in the most criminal city in the United States. And I started running after the cart that held Whitney Houston. And so that's illegal to leave your luggage. Yeah. And also to chase a person. Because bomb and also stalker. Mm. And so I jumped on the people mover and started running. And my friends started running after me. And the security saw all of this and started running after all of us. So it was like, catch me if you can. In an airport, that's... That's a wild scene. I know. Now, this was pre-9-11, so it wasn't as, like, frowned upon, but it was still, like, taboo. So I'm running in the people mover, and I'm just, like, hauling because I want to meet Whitney Houston. Yeah. So I'm running full speed ahead, and then I realize the beeping is, like, right next to me, and I look over, and I'm running alongside the car. I was so focused on, like, way ahead trying to catch up, I didn't realize that I was running next to Whitney Houston. And so I look over and I go, well, hello. (laughs) And I just kept jogging. What did she say? She was just kind of smirking. And then I get to the end of two people movers. Like there's this private, um, whatever those little, I don't know, the walkway turn, whatever they're called. I want to say turnstile, but that's not it. Yeah. Oh, that's going to bother me not knowing that word. But so they uh, they pull up to there. I end at the last people mover, and it was obviously a private um, entrance for their exit for them. And so I get there, and I was just like, "Hey, I just want to say hi." It's really Your nice. Nostrils are so flared right now. She's trying to get some oxygen. So she was, and she was like, um, nice to meet you. Oh, that's you nice. Know? Yeah, she shook my hand. I met the baby. I met Bobby, Bobby Brown. She, um, Whitney was, her. even her speaking voice was like captivating. She was so beautiful, mm. poreless skin. Yeah. And she got down on one knee and sang, I will always love okay. you. Okay. <laughs> okay, that part wasn't true. Yeah. But then security caught up and escorted me back to my luggage. And arrested you? They didn't arrest me. They were just like, you can't do that. I can't, but but she can't, Whitney Houston can't just stroll through an airport next to just public and expect nothing to happen. Well, she can and she did. Yeah. And that's what happened. She ran down Andrew for getting I'm saying there's repercussions for wild people like you. Yeah. So that's one of many celebrity sightings and meetings that I could tell. We'll share others in the future. Sounds good. That was cool. Yeah. So, old wit. Old wit. And Bobby Square. That's nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cool. So, um, well, we're going to try to hop right back into this yeah. last part to our Embedded Racism series. Yes. Wrap it up. Put a bow on it, We're going to put a tidy bow on it, and we're going to keep this brief uh, because just like Whitney Houston can, so can we. Sure. So we're gonna we're gonna just hit it yeah. home. Yeah. 
You, I think the, I know one of the things, the last things we wanted to discuss or you wanted to explain was in your, again, the IGT video, the IGTV mm-hmm. video, we've been sort of referencing the last couple of uh, episodes and just trailing off of that, um, Lara's been dropping some good knowledge, is critical race theory. People have brought that up. Why it's important, what is it, why it's not important, should we care about it. It's sort of a word or a term you hear thrown around. Mm-hmm. Um, to be real clear, this yeah. is not something I actually wanted to talk about. No? Am I no. forcing you? Yeah, a little bit. Well, because, and here's why. <laughs> because when you share some of these videos and you just throw off these terms, like everyone knows them, because you're very researched and... Again, like I've always said, you care a lot, so you learn a lot. Um, you'll say something like critical race theory and then go on to the next sentence and you're like, what? I don't even know what you just sure. said. Right. So for the unlearned or someone who just doesn't know what that is, I know that there's a lot to it and it's sort of one of those yeah. things that are hard to define. Um, well, yeah. And just so that people are real clear, it's an, I am not an expert in this like area and Certainly not with critical race theory. I actually don't care about critical race theory much at all, to be honest. Uh-huh. And maybe that's like a bad thing. I actually don't know yet where I stand on all that because, um, but so I, I just say that to like sort of demystify any understanding that people might have that I have some sort of like <laughs> mastery over this. Sure. I do not. It's an ongoing conversation. You're figuring it out. Right. You're learning more. Yeah. So I, I'll fumble through like a loose definition and understanding of critical race theory. But I, I guess the bigger thing for me is, is the fact that I don't think it really matters too much. Okay. So I'm going to speak first in an analogy. Um, and this will hit harder for our Christian listeners than our non-Christian listener, listeners. But I would say it's sort of comparable to like the theory of evolution, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of Christians get really upset when all riled up. Yeah, they're pulling their kids straight out of school Mm -hmm. if they're going to learn about evolution. Yeah, but we're learning about a theory of evolution, just like there's a theory of creationism, which is also taught in schools. There are a number of theories of how the world, the origin of the world. And as a Christian, I believe what I believe, so I'm not actually bothered or threatened by the, being presented with other theories. A theory is exactly that. It's something that is used to explain a maybe this is how it happened. So you maybe think we came from monkeys? I do think we are currently <laughs> presently monkeys at present. But like things have evolved. Like an alligator might look a little different than when it started. Sure. I think uh, there's so much evidence yeah. for evolution. Like sure. to me, I it doesn't necessarily I don't necessarily necessarily believe in the whole theory of evolution and exactly how it is. I don't believe in the big bang theory necessarily right. either, but I do I have no I'm not bothered by or threatened by science because I actually believe what I believe is true mm-hmm. as a as a like Christ follower. So I'm not threatened by the introduction of new facts or discoveries. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. So God's created design is even more intricate than we thought. Right. It Neat. actually proves science proves God. It yeah. doesn't disprove. To me, God. it does. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not bothered by like other theories. Sure. Um. 
And so that's kind of how I would present this critical race theory. It's something that started in the 70s. It has been widely taught and explored in academic settings, as well as in, like, honestly, governments and corporations and organizations have been teaching and, and using critical race theory to explain systemic racism for for a very, very long time. It's become a hot-button issue now mm-hmm. because of this like racial divide over the last couple of years. Now people are like, okay, well, how do we solve it? And people are like, well, we've been using critical race theory for some time. We could start there. And they're like, not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay. Why, so, are, why are people up in arms about it? Like for someone that's like, I, st- I don't know what you're, what that is. Why are people right. mad about it? Okay, so critical race theory, like, I mean, I'm going to give a rough, bare bones yep. kind of. I think the big ticket issue is if we're looking at critical race theory as an excla- explanation for systemic racism, it kind of put posits that we are either in every situation we are either the oppressed or the oppressor Mm. and so to tell a group of white adults we're going to tell your children that they're the oppressor uh, white people don't like that white parents do not want that to be true um they don't want that taught to their kids and they actually don't believe it's they don't believe it and they're like no i don't believe in evolution don't tell my kid about evolution and so don't tell my kid about this. And, and I understand that fear and that, like, concern. Um, but it's not just um, that it's teaching kids that they're either the oppressed or the oppressor. It is also, like, it's an answer to white supremacy. It's saying, like, how does white supremacy exist and thrive? And this theory explains how that has been sustained. So you have to believe that white supremacy exists Mm -hmm. and you have to want to solve it in order to explore different theories of how it exists and why and how to undo that. And so I'm like, for me, the reason I haven't gotten way deep into critical race theory is because I don't actually care about the theory. If you believe white supremacy exists and you want to teach your kids um, to value all people and show human dignity and embrace and love and celebrate all cultures, then the theory kind of doesn't have to be such a big deal, I don't think. And I I mean, I might get pushed back. I will certainly get pushed back on this because I could be wrong. This is just where I stand today as I explore it. But I guess I think like we – if if people, A, really understood it, I don't think they'd be as threatened by it. A. And then B, if they actually understood it and were threatened by it, they're more than welcome to come up with a different approach or right. theory right. to uprooting white supremacy. Sure. The I think the reason why it's so bothersome is people don't want their kids to how do you teach kids to be patriotic Americans, obedient Americans without teaching them you know, think of Germany, right? How do they teach World War II? How do they teach mm. genocide and yeah. the Holocaust and not have like a national shame as the undercurrent of that? Sure. I don't know. Sure. You want, as Americans, we want patriotism. We really do. Mm-hmm. We value that very highly. How do you teach people to be proud of our free country without making them aware of the shame yeah. and the lack of freedom? 
You know, so it really yeah. does challenge our worldview and our ideologies as Americans, and I think that's very threatening and very painful. Yeah, it's for one of those people. things you don't want to come to terms with the actual truth of who you are, what what your country has done to get to where it is today. It is hard to come to terms with, so you could see why people would be so opposed to even bringing it up. Sure, right? but it's similar to me, like um, like kneeling for the flag. It's this. Like you, you do not kneel. Right. You stand for the flag, and then yet, like police organizations, changing the altering the flag. It's like, well, I thought the flag was sacred, and we stand, mm -hmm. but now we can alter the flag in a way that is like, if if anybody, if any other group altered the flag, that would be incredibly disrespectful. Sure. You can't sit during the flag being raised or the national anthem or kneel. But we can change it to suit our preferences. Right. Like it's just this kind of we're trying to like. So what are we valuing there? Is it really the flag, or is it our understanding of the? Yeah, it's a good point. Of what the flag affords me. Mm -hmm. hmm. So do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like I don't think any of this is about the flag. I don't think any of this is about critical. It's race about theory. you agreeing with my approach to my approach to the flag and what it means to me. You need to agree with what. I say this right. stands for. Yeah, and so for like the the back the blue blue line flag people, it's what the flag means for me is like the military is a force that has protected my freedom and that is what the police do as well. And so you just shut up and be thankful for it. Right. And I get that. If you've laid down your life or your loved ones have laid down their life for our country, Man, like I understand that wanting to protect that um, tradition. But then for the people who have not equally benefited under that same law of freedom, how could we expect the same honor and reverence to be shown when it's like, well, we've been left out of that freedom? Yeah. You look at something that is symbolic like the flag and to one it says it's so honorable and mm -hmm. to the other, it says it's so shameful. Yeah. It's sad that that can all be under one umbrella. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, well, the country I see, wow, we fought for this freedom. Mm -hmm. The other one says, wow, this has been fighting against my freedom. Right. And you look at the percentage of people who signed saying all men are created equal, like the percentage of them that signed that while enslaving people, hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like. So it says, no, we believe in this, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and we, the proclamation, uh, all the Emancipation Proclamation, all of these different things. It's like, bro, do you know how much more there is to it that was going on at the time? Right. And so it's just not this cut and dry. And so if, if we have this blatant refusal to explore the layers, we can't, un we can't be surprised when the world, the academic world, tries to come up with a theory that explains it. And so to me, don't be threatened by the critical race theory. Oh my gosh, I'm so sick of people getting so bent out of shape about it. Just just address racism in yourself. Address and acknowledge racism in the systems around you. And then actively, actively choose to speak up and uproot those things, challenge those things around you. And make a fuss. Nobody cares if you which theory you ascribe to. Sure. What they want is to see, okay, we are working together to make 
changes in this area. That's good. I mean, it's like anything that you're, if you start critiquing the way somebody got somewhere, it's some, in some instances, it's like, who cares? Like if, if there's an alcoholic, that's like, this is how they got off of alcohol. Okay, great. This is how this person got off of alcohol. If somebody's coming more towards a, uh, a mind frame of, well, I need to stop racism in its tracks. It's like, okay, everyone's going to have different paths to getting there. Sure. Right? Does that make sense? Of yeah. like how, um, it, it, because there's so many different places that everybody's coming from. So the last thing I feel like is helpful is critiquing how people get there at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's just all get there. Right. You know, there's a thousand different roads to get to this point. Right. Well, yeah. and I think the CRT folks are really bent on it being th- get there through CRT because if you can't get there through CRT then you're really not acknowledging some of the key components although if you're not acknowledging the key components it feels very Pollyanna-ish and it feels very like can't we all just get along I don't see color when in reality like what I like about the theory is it does it really does confront the key aspects of structural and systemic racism and it doesn't shy away from like white supremacy and so it's so funny because you know juneteenth was just you know named a national holiday and i have mixed feelings about that as do many people who are kind of invested in that fight um it feels like a start and then it also feels like okay this for a lot of people is a bone they're throwing because this they want this to be the end. This isn't a yeah, start. Yeah, <laughs> at one point it's a little embarrassing right. that it's, for one, taken this long, mm-hmm. but also like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. At this point, a little too late. Well, yeah, or it, at least too little. You right. know, we'll take, for sure, too late, but like, is that, if this is all, that's not enough. Yeah. Um, if it's genuinely a starting point, like, great, but... Um, and I feel hopeful in some aspects and I feel like not so great in other aspects, but I, you know, when we were looking at them, (laughs) the number of people who voted against making it a national holiday, Mm. all I was thinking was like, can you imagine a world in which we are aware of racism and we're aware of the, these, this long history of mistreatment and egregious, atrocities you know at the expense of black people at the hands of white people and in in refusing to like acknowledge that and then i'm like oh yeah like juneteenth right (laughs) which was really it was not when the enslaved were formally made free it was when they were told yeah so it's like you had enslavers refusing to like tell actually free their slaves yes yeah to say hey i've enslaved you illegally and now i have to like now you've been notified like right I- i'm supposed to notify you but i'm refusing which to do again that. says you're just my possession that i can do what i want of with. course yeah. yeah and but it just is i was just like oh so like there was this group of people who refused to like say all right yeah i i get it like there's a problem here and i have to like get on board and we're still seeing that now yeah. when like we're trying to teach either critical race theory in schools or not. It doesn't really matter to me. But like um, we're trying to at least teach structural and systemic racism in schools. And people are like, no, we can't like tell them these kids. Right. And it's like you're doing it now, bro. Like 
Like, free them. <laughs> free these people. Get on board. Yeah. But it's still happening today. And I think that's why it feels like such a, like, kick us while we're down kind right. of a feeling. Because right. it's like, man, how how committed are you to your white supremacy and your racism that you're like, we're not teaching this in schools. I am not teaching anything that uproots my power. And it's like, you're real confused about what anti-racism is if you view it as uprooting your own power instead of empowering and sharing and reinvesting and reallocating resources and Mm. celebrating and all the good things that anti-racism really are. That's good. I mean, that's helpful. I think that at least even just even if it literally scratches the surface on what that is. What I don't even means. know if it does. Well, <laughs> it scratched a surface. Something, some surface has been scratched. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think things were learned and that's the important thing. I hope so. Oh, wait. Who, what was this episode sponsored by? Oh, this episode was sponsored by um, shirts. Shirts. Get your shirts at your local shirt store. Get black shirts. White shirts. You, you, you. Brown shirts. <laughs> you confused two different um, segments. I was telling oh. you that we should do like the raves of the Raven Review or Raven Rant. We yeah. should do the raves because at one point you raved about your undershirts oh. that you loved. And then Ben, my friend Ben, ended up loving them as well and buying them. So yeah, I'm but- like, the rave is important, but okay. you turned that into a sponsorship. We can't. Name companies. You can I rave just said about a specific colored shirts. <laughs> Why? What did I name a shirt company? <laughs> you you wagged your shirt yeah, at I me. Remind because me before you said clothes. I was going oh, for yeah. clothes. Yeah, this episode is brought to you by clothes. <laughs> Without clothes, you're just naked. So get your clothes and wear them every day. Oh gosh, this went so well in the end. Oh, my gosh, the oh. whole thing. That's good. Yeah, guys, thanks so much for joining us and sticking with it. I know this is challenging stuff, and or it's not challenging, and you're like, shut up already. Nah. But either way. If you're still here, you're probably not shut up already, and you love this content as much as I do hearing it from Laura. I know this is also partly my podcast, but it's mostly a selfish thing because I like learning from you. Well, thanks. You're welcome. I like sharing Every thought that comes into my head the moment I think it. And yeah. And regretting it later. So, bye. Bye. Oh, I was going to oh. say, so purchase oh. Bugle Boich or... <laughs> Haynes. <laughs> old, old Navy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I totally, speaking of Old Navy, when they first announced that Juneteenth was going to be a national holiday. I'm like, ugh, I can see the old Navy sale coming already. Yeah, and you made a good point. Purchase any Juneteenth. Um, you didn't say it on this podcast. Yes, I no. think it was outside of this. I don't know what. Yes. Apparel or whatever. If it, you want to buy a Juneteenth, I love Juneteenth. I support it. Shirt. Buy it from a local black owned business. Yeah. Don't buy it from Target, like Target or Walmart or Old Navy. No. So, yeah, go straight to straight to small business. Yeah, um, lots of really wonderful black-owned businesses in your community. You can just do a quick searchity search. Yeah, and uh, get your swiggity swags. Yeah, oh, we're, gosh. G- I, we're gonna Bye. end it now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>